0: If you really start exploring, like, what's the essence? Why do you even want to change the world? Why would you want to change anything than yourself, when actually yourself is the only thing that you can actually change?
1: This is Maria Patz and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. So have you ever asked yourself, what could be your life book look like? Looking back in life, to be honest, often we forget the adventures and life turning points, challenges, or happy moments. But honestly, what really counts is to capture these moments, these chapters, and the learnings from them, which lead to the person we are today. In other words, connecting the dots. And this is all about this podcast, Chapters of My Life. It's all about connecting the dots, connecting the chapters. So it's an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audiobook format, capturing the willpower and belief of people during important life-changing decisions. You can find this podcast on iTunes. Just search for Chapters for My Life. And we really dig deep. We interview innovators, athletes, entrepreneurs, idealists to give an insight into their past life from young age till today. Maybe future untold plans. So no doubt that this conversation can last up to two hours. But this is the beauty of a podcast, right? We can split it throughout the week. So my aim is to release one podcast per week and I hope it will work out. My primary goal is to cover topics around sport, entrepreneurship, mindfulness, travel, nutrition, spirituality, yoga, meditation and much more. Everything which leads to the person they are today. But please also leave some comments. What else do you want to hear? Are there specific topics you want to hear more from people? Let me know. Just leave some comments or PM me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at by Daniel Ludwig. Also check out the show notes for direct links. This podcast is all about meditation, yoga and finding your inner peace in a world full of distraction. And to be honest, it's not easy to find your inner peace. So everyone who struggles nowadays just to find very few moments for inner peace, that's a podcast for you. Today I had Maria Patz, on my podcast. She is a traveler and explorer full of passion to find her inner self in peace, while helping others to find their inner self too. She co founded the Mind Body Soul, a happiness center in Dubai in 2017, and is since that time on a quest to bring local community together for meditation and yoga sessions. Everyone says Patsy to her, and her life slogan can be summarized as just go for it. With this mindset, she aims to bridge East and West, Buenos Aires, where she was born, over India, Colombo, and finally Dubai. Patsy got eight chapters, starting with chapter one called, In a Little World, where she shares some childhood memories, which proved that she always dreamed from another side, with little focus on the present. Unrealized Potential is chapter two, and about discovering her own potential while living in Buenos Aires. She reflect her young age in Argentina like a plant before the seeds beginning to sprout and see for the first time the daylight. Chapter 3 is about the, her attempt to study medicine, but soon realized that's not the path she wants in her life. In fact, after one year, she ended up in the US. Her first abroad stay was little willing to settle down and keeping a mindset of let's move on. Chapter 4, she highlights the two phases while living in Sri Lanka. On one side, the party life and going to beach. On the other side, the why question, which sparked her, the curiosity out of her, of what else is to explore internally, in her soul, but also externally. Patsy started meditation and met new like-minded people. After two years, she moved to Dubai under the slogan, what do you resist, persist? Chapter five, called Timeless, where, as she said, it's a time where the journey begins. She first went for a few months to India, explored the country, but also Buddhism. She traveled free without any strings. But back in Dubai, as her home base, she started to see Dubai with different eyes. That chapter she called dreaming. She started to bring together a local community to celebrate meditation, mindfulness, and yoga in House of Om. For Patsy, freedom is part of her everyday life. No question, she called the Chapter 7 one way ticket. It's about going to India with no return ticket, traveling alone, and where for the first time she started to connect the dots. The journey, though, was short. And a few months later, back in Dubai, she started with some friends in the Mind Body Soul Happiness Center, Dubai. To connect her passion and belief with people around her and to bring inner peace to a wider audience, to a wider community. So let's start with chapter of my life podcast, Book of Maria Patz, called In the Search of Freedom. Here we go. Enjoy. Here we are. Hi, Maria. <laughs> how Hi, are you? Hi, Danny. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. To come today, uh, on a Saturday, uh, to my studio. And yeah. What do you think of the weather in Dubai?
0: Uh, it's quite pleasant, yet it's not very annoying. <laughs> I <laughs> love I love the hot weather, so I cannot complain. I would rather be in Dubai than in in some cold country.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. So um, Maria, I don't know if you have seen the last podcast. So last at the last podcast last week, I had my colleague Nasser Al and he's a life coach. Even though so, he don't mm. like to be cold as a life coach, he's a good uh, colleague of mine, and what he aims for is to to find the inner self of young people, mm-hmm. um, especially students, mm-hmm. to find their true passion in life, um, which frankly so many actually forget when you you know when you study you just study for the sake of studying maybe just you know to to uh, reach a good career and then you end up in the job market mm-hmm. without knowing what you really want, and then when I looked into your um, uh, research in the, in, the, in your uh, story of your traveling, I found a lot of sim- similarities as well. And I mentioned that before in the in the show notes about you a little bit. Um, you know what you have started here, and during this research, I came across something very interesting. And I want to kickstart this podcast with that. So it says online, you are a traveler and communicator by heart. Hmm. And additionally, online it says or it says what you makes happy or so what do you see as happiness you're saying being in a state of conscious awareness of the divine reality of existence while expressing this through being her true unconditional net self. What is happiness for you maria <laughs> Last time I saw you, all the time when I see you, you you're you sending this positiveness. It's
0: true. Um,
1: this Thank you. positive energy out of you, mm-hmm. what is happiness for you?
0: It is, it is a question that I can just answer from a textbook or I can answer intuitively. Uh, I think that description that I wrote that time on the website, it has to do with the fact that I always relate happiness or a state of joy with being aware of who we really are as humans like we are deathless and we are pure joy that's our essence but we keep forgetting as we move along and we put ourselves goals and targets and things and we get all confused in this world of doing and having who we who we really are what is being so being is that is the so, joy is, is the ultimate bliss, so be, I think the jo- the the actual task is to remove all these layers <clears throat> or get clear on about what we really what who we really are who am i so
1: being aware of who we really are, I think this is so important for so many not just young people everyone actually and many have not even reached that when they you know uh, when you're much older mm-hmm. in life um, I don't know. I, what I realized before the podcast and um just a few seconds before the podcast, before I started to push the button of the recording, you closed your eyes. Was that part of a meditation process? Why it did is, you close actually, your eyes? When I was on I, my I way I didn't here. wanted to put this on the podcast when I just <laughs> observed you, I put on the recording button, I said, oh, she's closing her eyes. it's beautiful. <laughs> In a yeah.
0: finding inner peace. I love, I love to do that. On my way here, I was thinking, okay, I will tell Danny let's just close our eyes and meditate for like one minute or two minutes before we start, like as a kind of a clearing and grounding or balancing ourselves. And then I forgot we were talking, and, or I just, it didn't happen. But then when I knew it was gonna about to start, I just closed my eyes and went into that space, which, I'll, which I like to call holidays. You know, people wait for holidays to feel relaxed and peaceful <laughs> like that, but you can actually close your eyes and go to that space anytime. It's that's yeah.
1: actually really nice. Yeah. You, know, you had your few seconds holidays just now. Yeah. Anytime yeah. you can yeah. just go there. I think this is very interesting when you mm. think about you know you, you you can put yourself into an environment into a situation where you feel relaxed mm. without waiting too long. So like, like this being aware that you can do it right now. Mm. That's beautiful, actually. Yeah. So I realize this this. When I saw you closing your eyes, that already sent a lot of peace oh, from this. You. And that's also um that's it's kind of a summary actually of what you have done so far in life. Um in in this podcast, um, you know, it's a podcast is all about turning your life into book chapters. And also mm-hmm. like um like a, like to see how could your book look like. When I mean, you would write your book right now about your life. Uh, talking about how many chapters you will have, what could be the book title be about, <laughs> what is the cover look like, you know, and so on and so on. So I will dig deeper into this in this podcast now. But um, the, the, the peacefulness you're sending out, I think this should, is definitely something which kind of, you know, summarise what you have done so far. You have uh, you have travelled to five countries,
0: Mm, I have lived in five countries. Lived in
1: conf- five but countries, yeah. I
0: have traveled, I think, 39, around 39 countries. I ha- I didn't remember. That's the last thing I saw. So. so you
1: went to 39 but left in five? Yeah. Which country do you most remember and why?
0: Well, the country of my, my heart, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> is Sri Lanka. Okay. Uh, though India is also there. I have never really officially lived in India. I've been there for like yeah a long time different trips but uh yeah sri lanka is a place that really really transformed me it really changed me it did something to me
1: (laughs) what did change you uh
0: it 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 has to do with freedom it has to do with exploration it has to do with the beginning of an inner journey that was long um long-pending, if I would say, <clears throat> and um, and the fact that I realized that I was just so, so feeling very blessed every step I was taking while I was there, because when I moved there, I thought that I would just be there for one year. And then i thought okay this is just a one-year experience whatever it is i don't care it's just gonna end and then i'm gonna go back to normal life so even when it was something annoying or it was something that anybody would say oh my god what i was like this is just for fun so this attitude became me like then i realized oh well if i want i can stay longer than a year and then i thought oh well if i want i can continue with this attitude throughout And that really, really transformed my perception.
1: Isn't it always when you go to a country, you know, um, we mentioned that later in the podcast in more details, but when you go to a country where you have never been before and you plan to be there for, let's say, three months, six months, maybe up to one year. And it's usually always the case you stay much longer there. Mm. What do you think is the reason for, uh, maybe related to what your reasons were staying longer in Sweden? Okay.
0: It, it really depends on the country and it depends on the person and the reasons why you would like to stay longer, I feel. Um, but if, I, yeah, I think it has to do with your destiny and whatever you're meant to experience and whatever you're meant to you're meant to learn from being there, or interacting with the people in that place. Uh, it, it's around that.
1: <laughs> Great. So usually I when I start the podcast, I usually Went straight into the book title and mm-hmm. how the book would look like. But I want to do it a little bit different this time. Okay. And I want to start with the chapters. And but when I start with the chapters and the content, I want to know where I can find your book. So let's say you're writing a, your book or your life story right now, different chapters. Where would I find your book in the library? Under what section?
0: Mm. And uh,
1: what section would it be?
0: <laughs> Do you have any suggestions now? I'm thinking probably if it's going to be written by me, it would be an autobiography. <laughs>
1: okay, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Biographical
0: re- ra- rapport of somebody's life. Mm.
1: What about the, when you look into the content, when you look into the themes, when it's biography? It's definitely and spiritual. Spiritual.
0: Whatever is if there i know it's usually self help or stuff like that but it's not self help this is more in, more it would be around spirituality which is i believe the biggest topic in my life
1: how would you differentiate uh, spirituality and self help um, what is self help for you when you're looking to self help books your i your think self
0: help is a it's a man-made concept that doesn't really apply to what it really is, which is personal development and, and growth, understanding who we are and what's, how to achieve our highest potential. People call it self-help. But actually, we're always helping ourselves. <laughs> it's just like very idiotic.
1: <laughs> we try <laughs> so at least. It's personal we try to growth, yeah.
0: spirituality is discovering the different layers and inner truths that make us be who we are.
1: Who we are, yeah. Yes. I mean, many even try still to look who they are, you know, and many don't even discover this mm-hmm. till the end of their life. And But on the other side, I would say it's also kind of a challenge to find what, who you are and not finding it, because I think this is also the, the exciting part. Not knowing exactly who you are, but getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Because once you know who you are, maybe you stagnate in a certain area in life? Um, Would you say that as well? Or?
0: It, it kind of depends because um, I, f- I feel there are two possible ways that we can approach the who we are question. One is from the theory and one is from the experiential who we are. So once you experience that your freedom, that your experience that you are joy and your experience that you are all those emotions uh, is different than when you read, you know, the theoretical questioning of who we are. So it's, it's different. I think
1: it's also a lot about the turning points you experience, you know. Uh, reading is one side, mm-hmm. one side of the, of, the, of the discussion, but also about, you know, experiencing hardships in life mm. and turning points and then how to grow from these situations. How to learn from the situations i think this is where you can, you lead towards um who would you recommend reading your book so when i say i can find your book in the autobiography section, or spirituality um. section who would you recommend reading your book is it more for younger people is it more for older people is it more for yeah, i don't know people who would who like to travel <laughs> <laughs> but struggle with the inner self. Who would yeah, you recommend reading I f- it? I feel my
0: book would be uh, something that can be written by pretty much everybody because it's going to be fun and it's going to be uh, authentic and it's going to it's going to just be a sneak peek into the life of a person who is who is a little bit strange. <laughs>
1: Strange. How do you I define love, strange? I always love,
0: when I wrote that blog post about uh, people asking me, why are you so strange? Like, the things I do are just not the normal things people would do. And I really love this label, like this concept of being different, of like approaching life in a different way and not being scared of doing things that are not normally, not seen as normal. Yeah. So somebody who is a little bit uh, different...
2: Yeah.
0: And who is in a quest for peace and balance and on a quest to spread and share all these tools or the ways that we can find balance and peace within. Basically, yes. my aim imagine if I could achieve the aim of my life or like achieve a state of ultimate balance, peace, and bliss and unity with god and divinity if that happened wouldn't it be worth sharing it of course how i am how i was how i feel different paths that i took different things that happened to me i think that would really really be and
1: they're all connected somehow as well i came across a couple of weeks ago like a quote um saying the longest journey is a journey within Mm. and that's very true
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You can be anywhere. You can be in Sri Lanka, you can be in Dubai, you can be anywhere and you can keep moving around the world. But unless you take the first step towards finding what's inside of you, you will keep moving and taking yourself to different places, carrying your problems with you. There's not not real growth unless you really try to explore what's happening inside of you. Yeah. What emotions do you carry? Why do you get annoyed with the things or why do you get happy with these other things or what patterns do you repeat what is your approach to life what are your values all these aspects of yourself that you can really explore
1: and it also comes down to being aware of it Mm -hmm. because so many times with mindfulness i mean you practice meditation Mm -hmm. you do yoga um it all comes down to being aware of this Mm -hmm. Uh, you know As a first step before you're going to, you know, not, I would say tackle it, but before Mm. you are like working on it, you know, being aware, because so many people are not aware of Mm. their behavior, their struggles. They're trying to always trying to fix it, Mm. but not fixing the root problem. And the the root problem is maybe within yourself, uh, finding the inner peace.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a journey within and it's definitely it takes awareness. I always say that the difference between being mindful and not being mindful is the same as being death or being alive. Interesting. This is
1: a good... A good uh, and it's a
0: microsecond. Every okay. second we're choosing. Are we really present? Are we really experiencing life, experience and interaction with a person, experiencing the colors, the temperature around us, everything, mm-hmm. the, the full richness of being alive? Or are we just living in a, in a zombie state where nothing really matters and we're worried about the past and the future... We're not really embracing life. We're not really experiencing the full richness of life when we are not present. So at any time we can choose to be in a state of robotic behavior and understanding or fully engaged.
1: Keyboard to present. Mm-hmm. That's a very important keyboard, actually. And that's yeah. so many times people forget to live in the moment. Very important. So when I, I you know, it comes down to... I mean, how many times do we eat, for example, and don't focus on eating itself and mm-hmm. like serving parallel or doing other things parallel, mm-hmm. or multitasking? Mm-hmm. You know, multitasking becomes a term where we say you become more productive, you you do more things, but it, you know, in the end, we we less productive, we more stressed, and we we do less things of all the tasks parallel at the same time.
0: It is true, and that's, we can. Do well, like very well, one thing or two maximum. More than that, it's not multitasking, it's just switching between tasks very fast yeah. and, and losing efficiency <laughs> in, the, in the switching. It's not really productive at all.
1: Yes. I mean, I remember this the very first time, um, um, the very first time I met you. Uh, uh, yeah Druti's workshop, uh, workshop um, outdoors <laughs> and uh, you know this was all about being aware mm. that you live in the present but also live with the nature mm. and it was very for me it was very new this whole concept um, even so i did a little bit mindfulness before but i think when you do it in a group and you're learning more and more what it takes to live in the present you get a better understanding to be more ful- fulfilled in the moment,
0: mm-hmm. and it is true. Uh, there are there different elements in mindful? Mindfulness itself is a, such a buttered concept that everybody's taking to say, "Oh, I'm doing mindfulness." Whatever, like they go yeah. and do a camping desert in the desert, they think they're doing mindfulness. Anything is mindfulness nowadays, but actual training of mindfulness is something else. Something that really takes discipline. It takes time for you to sit and. Make your brain get used to this training of being present and in the moment. And it really once you embrace the practice, you it really transforms your life. There's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit strange that everybody's taking mindfulness as oh mindfulness. It's it's a nice concept and it's nice to it's good to stay mindful, but that's one thing. The other thing is really taking it as a practice as your practice and yeah. doing it every single day yeah. that is what actually transforms your brain
1: and the routine the routine and the uh, and the frequency you're doing it mm-hmm. yeah um, i'm going to go back to the book a little bit. <laughs> when i when i go now to the to the library and i find your book and i'm going to talk a little bit later about the title maybe by the end of the of a podcast you will uh, summarizing what could be the title I have a look like. And I opened the book. Open the book. What do I see on page one?
0: Acknowledgments. Though I hate acknowledgments. Acknowledgements. <laughs> <laughs> acknowledgements. <laughs> it's like when okay. you read acknowledgments it's like okay, mentioning names that the <laughs> that the reader never knows who they are. But actually these people are the this inspiration, they are the actual reason why everything is because we are who we are because of the people who surround us. Yeah. And any any study, like especially in happiness, there's a lot of research that uh, points out that the fact that the number one thing that makes us happy is our relations and our people and how we relate to humans. So that's actually the core of why we're here and why we do the things we do. <laughs>
1: so who do you thank most in your life so far? God. Who, who would you put on an acknowledgement? Uh, the divine. For? Yeah?
0: mm And of course, my family, (laughs) my mom, my dad. (laughs) Who else? Mm, Many people. If I start naming, it it would be a little bit unfair.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: Very unfair, I feel, because so many people that inspired, have inspired me in different parts of my life, different journeys, different.
1: I'm asking because, um, you know, when I wanted to write down my own kind of, you know, thank you or side page. I had so many names in my mind. But I agree yes. totally with you for complete different, you know, areas in life.
0: Yeah, like for example, Druti. Yeah. She's like, she's somebody very magical to me. Yeah. She's somebody very special. And then I have friends who have been there, like to discuss the day to day things that happen. And then there's people who have put you in places at the right time in the right place. and Thanks to that, you were able to learn and grow. So there's many. For different think, areas in I th- life. <laughs> I think that would be the, the, last, the last piece of the book that I would write, probably. <laughs> because once I've written and processed my whole story and my whole life, I will be able to understand better how to, how d- how to approach the...
1: And the people
0: other yeah, people,
1: you, uh, who brought you to the And also person the illusion of today. thinking
0: everybody is a different person when in reality yeah. we are all the same and we are all like a same, the same consciousness. Mm-hmm. So when I start slicing it into names and different things, it's just unfair. Of course. Because you are me and I am you it's and we are all the yeah. same. So see, it's like if I'm trying to portray and convey that there's one consciousness and we are all part of the same dream and the mm-hmm. same thing, and then I go and... Put it into little, little names. It's like I don't know.
1: It's usually when you open a book, you see like you know for my sons or for my daughters or for my wife or for my family, mm. you know. And then it's 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 like this kind of thank you mm. for like a summary of who you are today as like the, the main supporting page. So when I when I go to actually the table of content,
2: mm-hmm.
1: let's put the acknowledgments side to the very end. The table of content. How many chapters would I see there? How many, like, yeah, headlines? It would I depends see
0: there? because if I write it now, it's one thing, but if I write it towards when I'm 50, <laughs> I would probably have many more.
1: No, no, uh, how many? Let's say you're writing it right now.
0: I would have, uh, the thing is, I don't find my childhood to be very exciting or nothing much to share about it. I think I I truly begin, began living once I started to have more freedom and independence in my. So how thing.
1: how would the first chapter begin then? When you're going to. Uh,
0: it would probably be on um,
1: or What would What you say was like a um, not necessarily a turning point, but be, you know, was It showed the direction who you are today. Could be already in in a childhood. Well,
0: there's, there's, I have a few stories of my childhood which are a little, are quite fun. I don't know if I would call the chapter (laughs) that way. Miss Clouds, maybe.
1: Miss Clouds? Okay, tell me, what does it mean?
0: (laughs) When we were, uh, when we were 12, 12 years old at the end of the primary school, the teachers had this ceremony where they put Everybody they gave everybody's uh, their miss. So there was miss math and miss I don't know, whatever, depending on what they like and what they do and what da da da. da. So, you know, like like a, like what they
1: relate it, to or what they are known for or what yeah. they're doing.
0: Yeah. So I was called Miss Clouds because I was always somewhere else mentally. I I could just not engage in the class. I was constantly mind wandering. I was not really focused on on, 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 on the project. I just found it very boring and very. Why do I have to hear what they're saying all the time and sit here? And just it was. So in my head, whatever was going on in my head was much more interesting what was happening in the class. So I was I mean and my teachers would say to my mom she's brilliant but you know she only when she wants to she focuses only when she wants otherwise she's somewhere else and I find it amusing because I love the clouds I really like clouds to me are such a beautiful magic element in nature when you look at them they have different shapes and different different colors and they they have such a I love the rain I love the clouds I love the the, the
1: change, dra- it's actually the change, the, the non-stable, yeah. you know, formation of the clouds. I clothes. love,
0: I love, I really love clouds.
1: Nice. Okay. <laughs> so, looking back, you were actually a person who didn't focus.
0: I was very into my own, in a, in a I was form. inside my own mind a lot. Okay. I I couldn't really care too much okay. about what was happening around me. I was very into my Stayed into my mind instead. a lot.
1: I mean, looking back now, from today onwards, with your travelling experiences, um, it was kind of you know you your mind was, as you described, could be like you know you you want you want you, you don't felt present because you didn't felt comfortable or you did, you wanted to be more somewhere else
0: mm, explored. I, 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 I don't know if I would say like that, but was just that I didn't really feel the need to engage so much. I was okay. in my little, little world. world, which was <laughs> much more fun. <laughs> and also I remember once a teacher said, they made us this uh, do this exercise, what was the happiest moment in your life? They asked. Yeah. I'm like, um, every day. When I come back home and there's, you know, the smell, you know, when you get in the in your bed and the, the smell of the fresh linen and when you go back home and the food and that to me, like every single moment was very happy. Like I felt happy and joyous. all that. Okay. And she's like, no, you're not understanding well. You have to put the happiest moment. I'm like, I was like, why? I'm hap- like, there's no happiest or less happy. I just felt, I feel happy every day in these different little things that happened to me. Yeah. It was very funny.
1: And so many times when you ask about, you know, tell me your happiest moment, we just think about a specific time, location in your life, and that's it. But we completely forgetting the other parts. It's actually very interesting, you know. You actually covering the, the everyday kind of experiences. Yeah. And this is interesting. Um, interesting. And, and
0: yeah. that question trains your mind to think of, wow, what's the happiest? And then after that, or oh, is less happy. But that's not the truth. Actually, you're like you know saying, oh, there's lows and highs and lows. But actually, when you live your life in that way, going up, you will definitely go down. This is like, this is what nature teaches us. This is the rule of life. We go up and then we go down. We go up and then we go down. If we stay in a state of equanimity, equilibrium, contentment, whatever Mm -hmm. we are, that's much more of a sustainable way of living life. And much more balanced than everything than just going for the peaks. <laughs>
1: yes, which is usually the society or the status quo is telling us nowadays. Yeah. You know, always go for the peaks. You know, mm. to be rewarded, to mm. be seen differently. So you, t- you mentioned you have s- few stories from your childhood or teenage age. What other stories?
0: That's why which relate to
1: we are a little bit today.
0: Hmm. Well, that's what I was saying at the beginning. Childhood doesn't feel to me like a very relevant part of life because I was uh, kind of in... You know, when you're a kid, you don't have much freedom. You like have to abide to the rules of how things are and going to school from nine to five. And there's very little space for exploration and beingness. And there's more of... A, you have to complete tasks kind of life when you're a kid
1: so it was not necessarily a time where you felt fulfilled it was fun i
0: remember i was telling my mom the other day my mom she's she's the sweetest best human being <laughs> and i'm the really like there's she's she's an angel my mom is a true angel and i remember those days she was like no don't watch uh, horror films because she was of course she was scared and i and i really like My parents are both doctors. So at home we had either uh, books for kids or uh, medicine-related books. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, of course, I'm, I'm always very inquisitive and curious. So when I go to my best friend's house... We do all the things. We watch horror movies because her mom, my best friend's mom, she couldn't care less. She's like, yeah, do whatever you want. So whenever I go to my best friend's house, we watch horror films. And then my my best friend's mom, she has books about spirits and aliens and all these things. That are like To me, I'm like, wow, like I'm discovering these different elements and aspects of life through these different books. And then... At my friend's place, I would also paint my nails different colors. And my mom was <laughs> like, "No, you're too like you're too small. You cannot paint your nails like that." So my fun always went when happened when I when I went beyond what was told I should do.
1: Interesting. So you you said in the beginning about Miss Cloudy. Clouds.
0: Uh, clouds. Miss Cloud. <laughs> sorry,
1: Miss Cloudy. Clouds.
0: Yes. Do
1: you want to name it like this, the first chapter? Do you see like this could be the, the name of the first chapter, or do you want to? I would skip have to think the, of it. Skip it's the not such. It's a it's a fun story
0: from the point of view that I was always more connected to nature and to my inner state mm-hmm. than what was happening around. But I don't know if that really.
1: So, uh, yeah. what would you say then would be the first chapter of starting with, So, after the childhood. Mm. teenager age?
0: Uh, the, the thing is teenager, well, my life in the city, maybe life in okay. Buenos Aires.
1: So how was life in Buenos Aires? For everybody who haven't been in Buenos Aires, I think the majority <laughs> right. of the listeners. So until I was how 13, was
0: I lived in Buenos Aires, yeah. which is a city. Uh, and then from 13 onwards, we moved to the suburbs. So in the suburbs, I moved to a different school where there were boys. Like my whole life, I went to an only girls' kind of school from six years old till twelve. There were only girls, and suddenly thirteen-year-old, there were guys too, and there were, and I moved to a different place, and it was a whole new exploration of like what life is and having boyfriends, and you know, it was things started to get a little bit more fun and also at the same time when I was in the city I had a little bit more freedom because I could just walk whatever I wanted but when I was in the suburbs my parents had to drive me to places because that's how it is there so you just
1: phrased it you had a little bit more freedom I I was all parents.
0: my whole life I was in the search of freedom my whole life I, I'm still that's like if I think freedom is I I don't think I know freedom is the topic of my life Ultimate freedom, liberation. So I'm that's the always... book title, actually.
1: I'm just going back
0: by the end of the I don't know, but I do <laughs> know that's one of my highest, biggest values. Freedom
1: <laughs> is a big value for you. It's a huge one. It's okay. a huge one. So you got a little bit more freedom in the teenage age and the living in Buenos Aires and around. How would you summarize this period? You know, this when you explore more excitement? Mm give it a name give it a word
0: i was yet like child like kids when i was a kid and when i was a teenager both i was still very unconscious very unaware very um learning Learning. you know learning exploring learning and exploring yeah maybe that's maybe
1: that could be the title of the of the chapter i'll have to i really
0: i'll have to (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> think on the spot.
1: On the spot. <laughs> You're <laughs> trying are, to
0: make me say a title. I will have to think of learning it. Learning and
1: exploring. Um, okay, so
0: I think it goes more into what do you call it when a seed is in a like in a, in a pot. latent state where it's still not flourishing. It's just there. Like if you asked the like, wrong person. You know?
1: Um, yeah. Before you before it comes out from there. Yeah. I don't know
0: like latent like it's it's there it's like energy it's, yet to explore to explode. There, but
1: it's not visible what do you say this way?
0: yeah it's there it's not visible and it's still not flourishing or like sprouting it's just there it's the soil and the ground is getting prepared maybe but in terms of inner work it's still not happening but
1: the potential, the yeah, potential the is pot- there. Yeah, that's the word. Potential. Potential is there.
0: Undiscovered, whatever potential.
1: Undiscovered potential.
0: Or un... Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's
1: next? Tell me the, the teenage age, and, mm, and what, then what? Then what happened? What was the um, the switch towards uh, the university? You yeah, it was study a tough one.
0: International
1: relationship. Mm-hmm. But before I know...
0: that, I studied medicine. Medicine. Yes. So, because my parents are both doctors, so in my house there's only medicine, doctor, blah blah, blah kind of topics. And my grandfather is also a doctor, and my aunt and, and my sorry, my uncle and many like half of my family are doctors. So in my head, that was the only thing I should be doing. So when I was seventeen, a lady, uh, some woman came and she was guiding us all to like kind of a life coach woman who was asking us questions to see what career we would choose and I said "Ah, I want to be a doctor there's no no point going through me because I already know what I want she's like okay you're clear and she went and focused on anybody else and then I started it and of course first year went well I did the CBC which is the introductory part I did it in one year very smooth Then the second year, and then I'm like, wait, hold on one second. I'm going to have to be, I remember, like, my friends asking, let's go here, let's do that, or, like, different things. I'm like, I'm going to have to sit here and study in this way for 10 more years? Like, I'm going to be, like, I don't know, 29 when I'm done with this? I was like, and I started feeling claustrophobic, like, there's no way, there's no way. So I told my parents... one day I met a friend in the bus and she told me, you know, I went to the US to do this work and travel thing and it was so much fun, you should take a look at it, you should try explore, wow, sounds like fun and then I went and I researched and I realized, wow, there's this opportunity to go there for the summer, our summer we go to US and we travel and explore and work, whatever thing and then come back, just, you know I said, oh, I want to do that and then I did it How,
1: how difficult was it for your parents to accept that you stopped
0: the first. That was the
1: first hint, I feel,
0: the, for them, that I was just going to do whatever I wanted. That was the first hint.
1: But it's actually, you took, you know, you're not just, you, you actually reached to a point where you made yourself more free.
0: Yeah, actually, I went because on a... Because you felt like okay. in a
1: cage, you know, studying 10 years Yeah, I thought uh, for it was just
0: going to be too long.
1: We didn't feel the freedom. Uh, ten years is a long time. I would, you know, it's like uh, it's, it's, it's 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 not for everyone, obviously. No topic.
0: Yeah, it's a pity, but I just couldn't. So <laughs> I went on this three years, and I went to the US for three months. I stayed in a very redneckish kind of state. Which state? Red uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. <laughs> in a resort, I had friends. I met people from Chile, Peru, from all over the world, and. Uh, I really had a lot of fun snowboarding and, you know, it it was really, really like super cool experience, like utterly cool. I met a, a guy and we became boyfriend and girlfriend and he was from the US and he was a chef and he was so cool. And then I came back to Argentina to continue my studies in yeah. medicine and I'm like, hmm, this is not so much fun, really not fun at all, I want to travel, I want to, like, I had a taste of it.
1: Hey, you got the buck, you got the travel buck, I was box, like, oh, actually. oh no <laughs> that moment.
0: And then, yeah, gradually I kind of told my parents that this is not going to work for me. I want to travel. And then I went for a second year to the U.S. I loved it again for three months. Same ago. place? Same place, of mm. course, because my boyfriend was there. <laughs> but actually, I should have gone to Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> or somewhere like that, Florida, I don't
1: know. Because of the weather? Yeah. The weather, the climate?
0: The weather... The weather?
1: To, to Hawaii or... Why Florida? Or why? Because Hawaii? it's
0: like fun and it's like beach and I was like in this uh, cold, snowy place. I've always loved the the... Tropical, hot kind of coming weather. from Buenos Aires. Yeah. Oh, no question on this. Yeah. Yeah. So those days, I was like, after two <laughs> Argentinian summers of going to US, I was like, wow, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I've had like ten, six summers, six winters on a row, and I was like missing the the summer, missing the the heat. Like, what is this? And then at those days, I was thinking, am I ever gonna get this nice? Uh, this uh, summer's back. Am I ever gonna get the summer back? And then I ended up in Dubai and Sri Lanka, where there's never a winter. <laughs>
1: so tell me, tell me the um, tell me tell me the step towards moving to Sri Lanka. I think that was for you a major turning point, mm. realizing that the point you went back to Argentina. After the U.S., the second year, yeah, I came back
0: to to Argentina, and then is when I realized I didn't want to study medicine. I wanted to do something that allowed me to travel. So then I looked at uh, studying tourism or international relations, like to be a diplomat. And tourism, and then I was analyzing, and then I ended up with international relations, which is something amazing that I did, and I'm really really happy that I got to study that. And during those days in between. Studying that, I went to New Zealand also on a similar program, work and travel kind of thing for three months. I got my car, I was traveling around. My dad said, You're going to New Zealand on one condition you're coming back. <laughs> I was like, Okay. So after three months, I had to go back. But really, in my heart, I was like, Fuck. I, I really, like, I you would don't have want have to come stay there. Yeah. I knew I had to finish my, my degree, and I, yeah. I that had to happen. And I thank him. Because maybe if he didn't say that, I wouldn't have a degree because I would have wanted to travel.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned online that the reason or one of the reasons why you started to study international relationships is because you wanted to understand the world. Yes. Did you, now talking about the present, did you understand the world a little bit better?
0: Yeah, I saw many things, really, truly, I really saw uh, the way countries operate and the way the un operates and the way humans operate because in international relations we go from the understanding of the human behavior to the understanding of the global organizations and it's a it's a really really eye-opening journey it was for me to realize that nothing really changes unless you change Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I want to change the world. The world needs to be more peaceful. Let's go to the UN, whatever, whatever. But they are not going to do anything. They just like, I understood how NGOs work, how the UN works and how they just do a lot of, it's just so much bureaucracy. And then I really, really started realizing that the only way we can really change is through a network of really committed individuals who who really take things seriously and who really take who really care from their heart because yes. a lot of people these people get postings in crazy places in the world even diplomats they just respond to their country's agenda they don't even have independence to s- if they don't think the, they believe what the president is making them say mm. they don't have a saying yeah. they don't even NGOs, some people go and they get a cool posting in some crazy African country and get paid lots of, lots of, lots of money to be there. And it's just like, I'm so sorry if anybody's here who is in NGO and UN and the things, but there's a lot of flaws. There's a lot of flaws in every institution. Of
1: course. See, yeah.
0: be it the government, be it the UN, anything. And this is
1: actually one of the major issues nowadays. Um, you know, with my work, currently a lot of young students students come to me and when they want to focus on social entrepreneurship, they say, I want to change the world, I want to change this. Mm. And the reality is actually it's very difficult mm-hmm. to find like-minded people
2: mm.
1: who have the same passion and energy, as mm-hmm. you said. But on the other side, there is the UN with like, you know, SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know... As much as you know, I totally agree with you. It's very bio- um, um, bureaucratic. B- b- bureaucratic um, takes a long time to to find a consensus. You know, a consensus decision among all the 192 um, countries. The UN. It is a challenge to bring countries together mm. um, to make a difference in certain areas in the world. A common, sen- a common decision, and. But you see also the limitations in this. The Mm -hmm. limitation of how long it takes to make a decision or even not a decision. How many people often die till the the world reacts.
2: Exactly. And
1: the UN nowadays, in my opinion, is more reacting Mm -hmm. instead of acting. Mm -hmm. And that's what you mentioned about the like-minded people. Like-minded people um, or social entrepreneurs who actually take initiative, who see certain things, and find like-minded people, maybe on site, to make things happen on the spot,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and try to not less react, try to act. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, this is essential nowadays. Yeah. I can actually I can sense that you know that anger you just said you know I can sense that this is the anger this disappointment place, like the disappointment. Like... This you you walking towards a wall. Uh, yeah. Where the change is behind the wall, but you can't reach there.
0: And it really, like, if you if you really start exploring, like, what's the essence? Why do you even want to change the world? Why would you want to change anything than yourself when actually yourself is the only thing that you can actually change? You're yeah, in control you cannot, of yourself. You cannot expect mm-hmm. to change anything ever around you unless you focus on your own self. This is just... This is just the principle of life and everybody seems to be going around thinking, "Oh, I'm going to change anything. But the whole universe is a reflection of who we are. And the moment I realize that it's like if I really want to change the entire world, I really have to change myself. I really have to focus on what I need to do in order for me to grow. Any, anything else is just utopia. It's just nice intentions starts, and lots of confusion. With,
1: from yourself, mm-hmm. the action part. So. New Zealand, you went back.
0: I came back and then when I finished my degree, that's the <laughs> time I, I was just like getting ready to go. I'm like, now I'm going to go on a really long, exotic trip, whatever in the world. Yeah. So as my graduation was approaching, I started preparing my CV. I started preparing all these papers. I, I, I was those days I was in ISEC, which I told you, about. Oh, this is a platform for NGO, an NGO. <clears throat> where students and recently graduated people go to. And it's all around uh, helping people find their jobs. And like, it's it's a really beautiful, beautiful platform with amazing people, lots of energy to help each other. So I, I was part of ISAC for some time, and that kind of helped in my eagerness to meet people from all over the world. I remember those days in Buenos Aires, we used to go around and meet people from Russia, Colombia, and like, you know, help them find jobs in Buenos Aires. I was like, (laughs) I felt okay. My international relatedness part of it was being somehow taken care of. But then it was my time to travel, my turn. So I started sending my CV to all the craziest places i could find imagine from crazy argentina place. What, yeah what, what so i was like i sent place. my cv like to taiwan and those days it was very exotic ukraine to me was like what is that place <laughs> then sri lanka you know india even though one ge- one girl warned me never go to india alone as a woman is so dangerous i was like okay whatever so I, I sent this cv to all these places eastern europe was very I don't know. There was something about Eastern Europe mm-hmm. and something about uh, Southeast Asia. So finally, this guy from Sri Lanka replied and said, "Yeah, all good. We had a little interview. He said you're f- uh, fit for the for the posting. You you can come." And I was like, "Okay." And then I started researching. What the heck is Sri Lanka? <laughs> And I realized, oh my God, this place is amazing! It's an island, and there are elephants, and there are like, there's uh, dolphins and whales, and and there was a war also, like that happened very recently those days. And I also found that very interesting from an international. Of course, I knew about Sri Lanka theoretically, but not really in depth. Uh, So, so then I got ready to go there for one year. My contract this internship thing was for one year
1: yeah before before this podcast you told me actually briefly that this two months preparation you only had two months preparation mm-hmm. towards Sri Lanka yeah was, that's so exciting super exciting for you yeah what did you most look forward to discover
0: mm-hmm.
1: why was it so dis- why was it so Buddhism yeah Was it? This-
0: I was fascinated when I was when I was 15 years old going back to <laughs> my parents you know how in this in Western countries we have this suite sixteen and the sweet fifteen and you do like a big party and la la la. So in Argentina it's the sweet sweet fifteen. My parents asked me, what do you want? Do you want a big party? Do you want to travel somewhere? I said, I want a computer with internet. <laughs> that was like the thing that I, a computer for my own that has access to internet. They're like, okay, and they got me that. Okay. That was like wow for me. I had days,
1: access to. All- Outer world, actually. I had access was, to the outer world. In, in
0: another day, it was a tool. It was a tool. It was to, like to, it was amazing. Reach. So when I got my laptop, you, you can even it was not a laptop, There was a big desktop, but those. Days, and those days, it was also the connection was through through phone line, the, you know, the modem. The modem. Yeah. I had so it's my mom is like, stop this thing, like you're using all the. F- and you have to pay per brand, minute. <laughs> your grandma <Yeah>. is <laughs> trying to call, and I'm like researching and exploring Buddhism. I'm exploring anything around, like. Really, like Wiki. I don't remember if it was Wikipedia or what. Those days, also alongside Photolog and all this social media stuff that My was space already MySpace. T- My My A space. little bit. MySpace was more of us. Photolog and different things. So those days, I started learning about this cycle of life and death, samskara, and this Buddhism. But you know all the things that I was not exposed to when I was in back home. So I, I was already quite familiar with this. Uh, this all Buddhist. I remember another very interesting fact is when I uh, enrolled in university to study international relations. They, it, this is a Catholic Christian uh, university. And they asked me in the form name, you know, your whatever other details, and religion. I'm like, why would they ask me my religion as if they care? By the way, my parents are non religious. I was born and raised free. Uh, I thank God to that, <laughs> as as contradictory really, as it yeah, can really. sound. And uh, free,
1: free the word freedom is for you it's very huge. important. It's I keep huge. hearing this all the time. Yeah. I think.
0: So when I when mm-hmm. I had to put religion, I put Buddhist. <laughs> I was like, why would they ask Buddhist? Like, what what are you gonna do? Are you not gonna <laughs> okay. accept my application? And so that's a funny story because I'm, after I ended up graduating, I, I graduating ended up in Sri Lanka.
1: So i want going to quickly summarize, like before you moved to Sri Lanka and the time beforehand, you know, with your, your study in the U.S., I um, went to New Zealand, back and forth a little bit, and then you applied to different countries around the world. Till that time, how would you how would you summarize that? How would you phrase that? Would you put this in a chapter? Definitely. Beforehand? Because many, that many. was the last chapter? Before you were, you went abroad.
0: Yes. Technically. Yes.
1: So this chapter, um, you know, after living in Buenos Aires and, and uh, teenage, still, age and this going first to the US afterwards.
0: Still North those Zealand. days, I feel there's a little. Uh, there, there were elements of feeling a little bit stuck uh, because I didn't. I didn't really go deep into my relationships. I had a boyfriend, another boyfriend, and like it was just. I didn't, I just, there there were moments of absolute um, fun, moments of why, like...
1: You question yourself.
0: Yeah, a lot of questioning, a lot of, is this really what I want?
1: Questioning, maybe you can... Feeling
0: that life is dull, like just, I know all of this, it's just boring you know that kind of energy that kind of
1: a mix of you fun just and go uh, with
0: the flow but yeah i think my my ex-boyfriend the one that i had before going to sri lanka he was a big inspiration because he was a, a very crazy man also at that time a traveler and he would we would get on his motorbike and go into the andes mountains and just like Go on crazy rides, and then we went down the Amazon River in this uh, Beautiful, boat. Actually, yeah. And he was a traveler, crazy man. And he he mm-hmm. was the one who inspired me. who told me you should go out and travel. And, I, and we were in a relationship. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Why not? Let's, like, he, but he really it stimulated me to go and explore the world. He's been to Africa, and he he did some crazy traveling things. So
1: being open for challenges, thankful. actually. But when I just listened to you, you said fun and dull life. It was there a fun, were
0: spikes of fun because, of course, sp- my other, of I had another boyfriend who was also a rock rock you know band player, mm, musician, and yeah. I was all in this wearing dark clothes and like <laughs> complete you know, different city um, life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like s- these kind of things that we do when we're teenagers, you know, where where you just like go to concerts and you're like a little bit of a punk house and then but it's like it's still exploration it's exploration
1: it's just i mean when you when you say the uh, second chapter learning exploration uh, the third one is kind of like fun life but also still exploring yeah
0: because you haven't i i i i wouldn't say that 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 phase of exploring hasn't stopped i think my whole life is on exploration keep going i'm still like you know i 'm still amazed at everything I see or when I open my eyes I, I, I take myself back into the space of how crazy is this life like what is all <laughs> this of being a human in this body it's just but you strange. remind
1: me of like you know um, you remind me of working with children you know when I a long time ago I, um, I did a few short films, and uh, I, I, what I really love is working with kids mm, why it. because kids still have this energy, this belief in Impossible. Yes. yes we, we, we as adults, we say no. It's not realistic. You should change your mind. Mm. Blah 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 blah. No, kids still believe it, and yeah. they talk in a way they still believe it. And this is what we forget. What you just shared with exploration, you you explore the world like a child. Yeah. Because you want to know what's behind each door, what is you know down there. You're not settling down mm. on one spot. You want to know what's behind.
0: Yeah I was I was told a few times I, that my energy is very, very jovial, very childlike, like, because I, I I am like that. I just keep my spirit very young, very fresh in terms of perceptions and exploration and just not settling and keep moving. Keep and moving. also, on the other hand, I feel there's a side of me which is very ancient, that only wants to be sitting in one corner and just going in, going inwards more and more and more in the space of absolute silence and absolute being.
1: Being in the moment, being, being yourself, being. just being. Going
0: so. within. So that eagerness is huge. Of like, To me, a day where I can just be at home alone, sitting and closing my eyes is like... <laughs> the best thing that I can think of being alone at home in, quiet, in a quiet space, just closing my eyes. But also, on the other hand, there's, element, there's that element of exploring, moving, sharing the different colors, the different smells, the different stimuli. You know, it's just like the richness of being in this body, in this earth at this time.
1: There was a couple of days ago, there was an article online on TED, TED.com, uh, and there this an online article about young people and how many distractions they have on a daily basis. You oh. know, the first time you wake up, you you check your social media feed, etc. etc. But it all comes down, and that's what they mentioned in the article, it all comes down of not living in the present. You're not listening to yourself. And in the article they talk about how often does young people spend time f- on that, on themselves and actually in silent environments. Just five minutes silence. Very, very few. Very and very that was a very mind blowing uh, article because the consequences of this is being more stressed, being more, you know, anxious, le- anxious,
0: anxiety affects uh, a whole different attention. Life. It's it's tremendously affecting youth. It's, yeah. it's really bad. It, it breaks my heart to see it, and it also affects me personally. I will not say I'm immune to this kind of behavior where I'm checking the phone and constantly plugged. It's, it's very destructive. It, it spoils any time you could have for self reflection. That's why, one, going back to Sri Lanka, one <laughs> which of the I wanna, don't I know anyway. What I really anything, yeah? loved about Sri Lanka is that connection those days, even yeah. though I had a laptop, I had a phone. Connection was not so accessible and it was not so cheap. And I was having an intern salary. So it was like there was the the availability of being connected to the outer world was not there. So there was no choice than just being where you are with the people that you are in nature yeah. with these tropical rains and one, one block away from the beach. It was just like so much beingness, so much rawness, you know? Yeah. So how was
1: i want to go straight into Sri Lanka, you know, your excitement beforehand. And what you just explained to me, like, you know, you went to Sri Lanka. How was, how were the first few months in Sri Lanka for you? I felt like I was the happiest
0: human being on Earth. I couldn't, still, I close my eyes. I take myself to that place, to that state and that place. And I feel that energy, that thrill. I was just fascinated. Everything was so different. The people, the the way they dressed up, the food, my friends, the island, the trips, it was just like my colleagues, everything was just as if I am suddenly put in a different complete different planet.
1: So when when how what would you tell people who want to go to Sri Lanka right now? How would you describe them, Sri Lanka? The country itself and the people. And you say everything was different. Uh, how no, would you describe it? in Nothing any- like or? Sri
0: Lanka. Absolutely yeah. nothing like Sri Lanka. I've, I just love the country so much that it's unfair to say one word, but definitely go. And many, many travelers, I read, sometimes I go and read other blogs, and everybody who has been to Sri Lanka says, it holds a very very special place in my heart it's like india but more organized and a little bit more friendly because people is just very used to smiling a lot they look at you and they smile and everybody is curious and friendly of course as a woman the thing is you have to understand things are not going to be as they are back at home so you have to have a personality or predisposition to be open and accept that things are going to be different, that maybe people are going to be looking at you much more than what they do when you're home. Mm -hmm. Like men would just like stare at you. Mm -hmm. They would just do that. And you will have to live with different things or like the food will be too spicy or transport is like... You look at a map and you see, oh, I'm 100 kilometers away. You think it's going to take you one hour? It's going to take you four hours because the roads are full of these rickshaws and tuk-tuks. And it's just craziness. But that's there's so much beauty in that. There's so much beauty.
1: So there's so much beauty in the unknown, in adaptation. You have to adapt. But also not knowing actually how it works there. That's the beauty itself. Also. Yeah, because for you... Um, as you mentioned before, before the podcast, it was it was not just the first time in Sri Lanka. You started completely from scratch there. Well, it didn't that's had...
0: a relative constant because I was told that I was I had past lives in Sri Lanka and in India. And I completely know this is true. Okay. <coughs> First-hand experience, which, if you want, we will do another podcast on this more <laughs> esoteric an- topic. Another, another <laughs> episode, more in detail. <laughs> it's <with> a special <laughs> chapter. But I know, I know it's it felt like home the moment i landed there same with india it felt like home it just it was just me
1: so how was the, how were then the the first few months and years? what did you explore what did you discover there in the country but also within yourself
0: well i always say if sri lanka trip had two phases. first year was it was partying, it was going around with friends, it was going to the beach every day. I lived one block away from the beach, like in Colombo, nice spot where we used to hang out. And So it was a lot of relating to people, a lot of sharing, a lot of traveling, a lot of having fun, lots of fun, in the beach, in the tropical island dancing under the rain I would call it, it was because it was really dancing under the rain you could feel how the the raindrops were cold touching your body and the, this place is very tropical very hot and then the warm uh the warm sea and music and we're all dancing Beautiful. and having fun it's just like you're so alive oh my god um but that was the first phase and yeah. then I went into a phase of like what is this all for? Like, what's, what's it, it can be like this forever. And, and what? So you question
1: yourself again. It's like similar to like, why? It, it, why it, is was, it?
0: It, it was kind of both phases were happening simultaneously because that first phase also, I was very inquisitive about Buddhism. Mm-hmm. So I had a very good friend, which is still a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends. Uh, I used to ask him, teach me how to meditate. I want to learn how to meditate and then i made friends with a buddhist monk a 20 year old buddhist monk who kind of co- could communicate in english so he one day with the girls we invited him home and we cooked for him and he he was telling us how it is to be a monk and like i'm still in touch with him and i was like very curious about all the things but still i was partying having fun and then um i started to think I really, I really became very serious about learning how to meditate. So I downloaded a meditation track from online because my friend was like, "He's like, I cannot teach you. I don't know. Let's just sit here in the beach and like, okay." It didn't really happen. <laughs> so I downloaded my first meditation track from Mind Valley, which is yet I am sure you know them. And I told my friend I, I used to share a room with my Polish friend. I said I'm gonna use, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna sit here, be sitting here. She said no problem. And it was, I think it was a 20 minute thing. I sat down, and I was like, oh my god, how come I didn't do this before? It was like such a crazy experience because this meditation led you into, um, like living um like not feeling your your arm and now you're not feeling your other arm and like suddenly like to lose consciousness of your physical presence and to just become your breath and i and i really went so deep and it was so i don't know so expanding and so relaxing that i was fascinated i became addicted wow. right away i became addicted to meditation and uh and I started doing it more and more and more. And, I, and my personality started changing a lot. I started becoming more becoming more, more withdrawn, more into myself, more... I just... I wanted to talk about this mostly. I didn't really care talking about anything else. Mm-hmm. And things started swifting and changing radically. Very, very, very rapidly. So my friends, who I used to party with, they were like, what happened to you? You're like, you're boring now. Like, and <laughs> I was like... <laughs> That was that was a big big journey, and then.
1: How did you feel there when you you know when you when your friends, telling you, what happened to you that you know it feels like you're not part of it anymore. You know, it doesn't feel like you have to do like everyone else. What everyone else is doing, so you you you're exploring something else right now, but you're not, at the same time not on the same path like someone else. How did you feel about
0: this in that moment? It's it was not such a drastic trans change i would say it was not one day to the other it was a it was a little change of attitude and and behavior step by step so we would still for example we would take our bicycles and go and ride around colombo and but there was a change there was a change and it felt naturally actually i didn't feel i was doing anything wrong i just i just didn't feel like partying so much anymore, because also those days we really used to party a lot. So I just, I really got fed up of that. This is not who I am. I knew that was not who I am. It was fun, but it was not really us, me. So this new face uh, allowed me to meet new people also. Mm -hmm. So I met a really good friend of mine, a person who contacted me through my blog He asked me if I knew of any spiritual place in Argentina. It's like, you know, something about spiritual places in Argentina. I was like, this is such a strange question. And then I replied to him and he came back to me and then we added each other on Facebook. And then one day I made, uh, I threw a big party, Halloween party at my one place I was staying. And this guy came, I invited him, this guy from the internet that I didn't know who asked me for a spiritual place in Argentina. (laughs) And he came dressed up. To the Halloween party, he came up dressed up as an Arab guy. Okay. Like with kandura and all these things. Yes. It was a Halloween party. This was I was like, ha, 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 whatever. And then we started talking and talking and he started talking about sacred geometry and meditation. And all, there were, there were many, many people in this party. And this guy was really like standing out from the rest. <clears throat> and we became very good friends, very close friends. And then he ended up being my boyfriend. Um, so, and then... Before him being my boyfriend, we went to a, a really beautiful three day meditation retreat in Kandy in the mountains in Sri Lanka, which was also like something else. That place, uh, there's, I have traveled quite a lot, I have not been to a place like that. This is like what, what's the name, name of the place? Uh, Samadhi, uh, Kandi, Samadhi Meditation Center in Kandy. Mm-hmm. I'm still dreaming of going back. You could see the trails. This is like a mountain place, so you can see the trails. And they light up these fires and you can see fireflies flying nice, beautiful. and you can see the mountains and the pink clouds. And it's just so much silence. And you can hear the, the fall. There's a waterfall. Yeah. So much peace. Beautiful. Um,
1: yeah. So. You were in Sri Lanka for one and a half, one year and nine months. Two ish. months. Two, no, uh, Sri sorry, La- two years. Two years, two years. Tell me a little bit more about that transition. So you went from Sri Lanka to Dubai. Yep. So tell me about this. How was like you know moving away from a place you felt
0: it very was, comfortable?
1: Um, I kind
0: of felt there was the Sri Lanka phase was coming to an end. I I knew there was gonna happen something else had to happen. So I started applying for jobs. Um, Mind Valley. I was fascinating with working with Mind Valley at Mind Valley. So I made my application, they want a video application. <laughs> so and along that process, I was in a relationship with my boyfriend that I met at that Halloween party. And he started his business with his a business with his friend who was in Dubai. And after around one year of my boyfriend and me being together, he said, Hey, this business is going really well. Uh we got a big contract. I cannot leave my partner alone in Dubai. We might have to move to Dubai. And to me that was like the worst news <laughs> ever. Because of the
1: city or Dubai itself I was or passionately, like
0: passionately, passionately against Dubai. To me, Dubai was like <laughs> the place that is just plainly wrong out of the entire world. It's just like nobody, why would anybody want to be in Dubai? So it's funny. I always say what you, resist, what you resist persists. I really, I was passionately against it. And I ended up here. And there's a reason for that. So that's a crazy thing, yeah. So, so
1: just summarizing this Sri Lanka experience, how would you summarize it? Can hul- you, in few words, just trying to capture the birds out of you right now. Because I see like this whole Sri Lanka experience, or this, the two years, is itself a chapter Mm. from exploration over which leads you to go uh, with your boyfriend over to to dubai Mm. how would you summarize this chapter how a sri lanka experience Mm. a few words
0: i would say something along the lines of discovery discovery Uh, yeah discovering discovering the unseen, like...
1: Discovering
0: the seen? No, something along the lines of discovering what cannot be seen. Because in Sri Lanka, basically what happened was that I discovered there is something else than what we can perceive with our eyes.
1: So discovering the unseen, or the, the invisib- invisibility?
0: I don't want to use something. the word metaphysics because it's too technical. Okay. But yeah, I'll have to think Something similar? Something along the lines of... Okay. Realizing... an inner world or like something
1: like carrying the inner world yeah uh,
0: discovering an inner world.
1: inner world it's actually very difficult to, to summarize you know certain Oof, uh, chapters. Yeah. you know I, is a good realize exercise. That. actually I'm it's trying a... to
0: come up with something on the spot so it doesn't get too boring when I go blank yeah but those moments of silence are very important it in is. coaching we say like yeah. those moments when you're trying to come up that's the time your neurons are trying to Form, are forming connections and you're coming up with concepts that you could have never thought of. So it's important to stay in silence and just let it come.
1: <laughs> let it come, yeah. I mean, you started a blog post as well uh, while living in Sri Lanka mm. as well. Where you actually summarized you know, your experiences there as well. Mm. I think writing itself is always like a way Oof. to not just summarizing your experiences, but also formulating in a way that other people not, uh, get inspired from Mm. and in a relatively short version you know a blog post is still like an article a few articles but in the end of the day you're skipping certain areas you're not going so much into details you know Mm. you give a summary and that's actually itself is an art you know so many times writing it's difficult so this capturing the headlines of a chapter is very difficult (laughs) Um, and i think it's also difficult because we never thought about it we never thought about what could be like a summary of this? You know, what was the outcome of it? So, and trust me, you're not on the <laughs> Most people who, uh, you know, I started to interview, it's like they struggle sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and also me, when I started to write down some of my, you know, past stories, like how would I summarize this? <laughs> is it like one word? Is it two words? Is that a sentence? <laughs> what would it summarize? And this is difficult. Yeah. So you went to Dubai in the end, in a place where you would never wanted to see yourself. How were the first months here?
0: They were very, very tough. I would say the toughest time in my life.
1: <laughs> so but, so but what what not year really, are we talking about? It's not so about?
0: extreme, but it was really, really... Because first of all, I moved here in April. I think it was around April, May. Which year? Two thousand. I think it was 2014 or Two thousand.
1: Uh, 2014. 14, okay.
0: So four years ago. Mm. Okay. So I came here and the weather was quite hot. Uh, I was under my... Obviously. Yes.
1: <laughs> you went in April, April. already. Like it's, uh, it, was, it was becoming relatively hot.
0: Yeah, quite hot. And then I, I was working at my boyfriend's company, which I am really thankful. I'm utterly thankful to him, ex-boyfriend for uh, for everything but yet i felt like there was something else that i could be doing than than playing by the rules you know it was just everything was very predictable and i felt a little bit trapped i didn't have my own friends i was mostly hanging out with his friends and it just it just became kind of Bland. My life became like, and and the whole fact of being here where there's no nature, like I was used to the tropical weather Mm -hmm. and the rains and the, you know. And I felt this place was so shallow and it was kind of sucking my soul, you know, (laughs) in a very, very (laughs) tremendous way. It was just, I was drying from inside out. I was just like... (gasps) This is just so wrong. What what did I do with my life? I'm I'm not supposed to be here. So for five months I was very, very going down. uh, And also, of course, the spiritual element. I was like, all my spiritual attainments that I thought I had, which of course I didn't, (laughs) Uh, all my whatever understanding is going to be spoiled because I'm in this superficial place.
1: During these five months, did you still meditate?
0: I kept on meditating. uh, um, Yet... There was, there was a lot of, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I feel it was probably not very steady the practice. Mm-hmm. It was kind of on and off, or I don't, I don't re- There were many things in my head that I wanted to be and do, and I couldn't find a way. I was just like kind of struggling to find balance. And then after those five months, I got invited to a wedding in India a very good friend of my ex-boyfriend was getting married to an Indian lady mm-hmm. and they invited us for their wedding. So I got a visa for two months, three months, I think. And I told my boyfriend, I feel I need to stay in India. Those days I was, my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, he was also very spiritual. This is a good thing. Of course, we went, we met in meditation and all. And his good friend was sharing with us different things about Vedic chanting and Agnihotra and different things. And I was also very stimulated by this. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to go to India and I'm going to go to this farm. This is an organic farm where they teach, uh, where they practice Vedic techniques to purify the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So I was very obsessed about this topic. I said, I want to do this. (laughs) So I got in touch when I knew I was going to go to India in August. I said I sent an email to these people who does uh, who are in this farm in Maharashtra. If it's possible, if I can go and stay with them to learn this Vedic techniques of purification of the environment and farming, they said, "Come, no problem." Ah, when I got their email, I was really like as if that was one of the. I was literally crying of joy, like of the excitement that they said, "Come." Yes. Because they said, we usually really don't accept people here. Yes. This is like a private place, but you can come. And it was also
1: a time after like this five months in Dubai. Yes. Where you actually felt you f- that freedom again and you are leaving a place where you don't feel comfortable.
0: Yes, yes. I felt. Um, yeah. And also the other beautiful thing is that my good, good friend from Sri Lanka, the one who I used to tell, can you teach me how to meditate? He, he was in India also for the very first time ever. He was traveling in India. So I said, I cannot believe you're in India. I'm also going to India. And I was like, let's meet up. So I told my ex-boyfriend that time, hey, I'm going to go to this farm. But first, I have a month where I can just do whatever. So I'm going to travel around. Then I'm going to go the last month to this farm. And that is exactly what I did. After the wedding, I took a bus to Goa, and I met with my friend Sachinta. And there is when the journey began.
1: Tell me more.
0: You're telling me in a
1: way that this was the beginning of the journey.
0: India, I was completely like, for the two years that I was in Sri Lanka, I was completely against going to India because people said, no, it's dirty, it's dangerous, you're not going to like it, don't go to India. So I was like, yeah, no point going to India, Sri Lanka is much cooler. Then I read a book, which is Autobiography of a Yogi. And I read this book when I was in Sri Lanka. The moment I read that book, I became obsessed with going to India. I was like, I need to go. I really need to go. There's no way. I need to go to India. So when we got invited and the wedding was taking place in India, I was like, fascinated. I'm like, I'm going to go visit all these places, pilgrimage places, Paramahansa Yogan and the story. So I was like, wow. So I went there with a lot of illusion and a lot of joy in my heart. And that trip was something else. That's like one of the most magical, because with my friends at in Sri Lanka, we used to travel like this. Like we used to just take uh, trains and go to this part of the island or this part of the island like that. But this was in India where both of us didn't know anything. Yes. So, and and our style of traveling, I am my, I don't know if you know astrology, but my, my ascendant is Sagittarius. No, if, I, I don't. I know it won't mean any anything extra, to you. And my my <laughs> friend is also Sagittarius, so we were like we are like travelers, explorers, and yes. crazy going whatever nest open-minded, kind of energy, open-minded, sure, towards different time, cultures. big time. So that was the trip. We we would just jump on uh, trains without tickets. Let's go to I don't know. Let's go to Sai Baba's ashram. Okay, let's go. Let's go to whatever. One day he's like, let's go to Dalai Lama in in and we were in Goa. I'm like, okay, let's go. We we that got in. Beautiful.
1: We got in it. the train,
0: and we were in the train for like three full days. We stopped in the middle in Mumbai. I, yeah, we stopped in Mumbai where we he lost his his credit card, and like he, he we were waiting for from for his credit card for a long time because he lost it in the frontier. So many different details of this trip. It was just magical. Wow. It was so so inspiring and so um it was timeless
1: timeless timeless actually came up with a word timeless (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to summarize timeless so when you say timeless and you say you were there for two months Mm. you had to go back to dubai Mm. What is, so what was the this time is a beautiful back thing. Back to Dubai, and then when I
0: came back, back from Dubai? Dubai, from India, after two months of being in in India, one month traveling around like a crazy free person, and the second month of staying in an organic farm in the middle of a very laid back Indian town where you don't have any kind of civilization around, one full month in that farm, I came back to Dubai, and I'm like, oh my God, this place is so clean, and it's so organized and there's food from all over the world. There's not only chapati and rice. Yes. You know? I was like, and it's actually cold. Yes. I, I couldn't believe when people said, no, no, Dubai's weather gets nice. It's like in December, November. I'm like, they are just saying this to make me feel better. <laughs> but this is not the truth. I couldn't believe this place could get, you know, yes. cooler. And when I came back, it was so nice. I could just walk in the park and I could just go around. And then I thought there must be something else to this place. I'm sure there's people who are into spirituality. So I went online, I went on Facebook and and Google, and I started researching meditation, Dubai, something, something. And then I came across the UAE Meditates, Mm -hmm. which is a platform made by friends who who just want to spread meditations around Dubai. And I met with them, and my God, they're my family. Like, they became my family. So I became part of the group. I started organizing meditations with them. We started doing things together. We started hanging out a lot. So then I found out when I came from India, not only the weather and my whole view of this place was different. I was in absolute uh, gratitude. I was also, since my frequency and my, my, um, my perception was positive, I brought that into my life. So I started connecting with people who were in these topics, and it, it really changed my whole experience. I started having friends, I started organizing things, and...
1: You started to live, actually, in the city. Really, I Literally started to enjoy. Yeah. I started to
0: feel, this place is
1: good. What I can just hear out of the words, what you said, is like, you know, at the time before you went to India, it was a place, the way you perceived Dubai was as a place. You didn't discover actually dubai itself you didn't know mm. what is dubai what you know what is happening at dubai you had this relatively negative mindset already beforehand yeah but then the re- relation back to after uh, india you started to explore the city what mm. is actually the city all about mm. and that's actually when i just listen to you it's, it reminds me of often you know people get you know not just i would not say depressed but people get stuck in an environment mm. very narrow-minded mm-hmm. and without looking beyond you know certain areas and but only the time you're starting to explore other areas within the same place where you live in the city you started to know the city actually you started to know the people i think this is where it started you know you get you started to connect what you're most interested in the meditation spirituality part with the location you were living and finding like-minded people so Knowing you as, you know, since meeting you last year, um, end of last year, November, knowing you as one of the co-founders of Happiness Centers, (laughs) what did you lead to this? So what was the gap? So we're talking about this, uh, you know, when you were researching your meditation, what year are we talking about?
0: That was the same year I moved to Dubai, it was 2014.
1: 14, okay. So tell me a little bit more about 2015, 2016. (coughs) (laughs)
0: so 2015 started off very well because i had a new set of friends and activities that i was doing and pursuing i started connecting with new people and uh, i also i started to disconnect with my ex-boyfriend i i started just to have different interests and it was just not happening and I started to realize how much I was enjoying creating, bringing the community together to share the tool of meditation. Not the tool, the magic of meditation. I was utterly, I am yet utterly passionate about what meditation can do to a person in order to transform that person, in order to help that person find balance. I realized there's nothing like meditation. Absolutely nothing. Not even drinking a green smoothie every morning or <laughs> whatever in the world you could do. Nothing can transform people as meditation. And I became so passionate about this that I just wanted to, the whole entire world to learn about these things, about this meditation. So um, I became obsessed with in, getting initiated in Kriya Yoga, which is a technique mm-hmm. to transcend uh, reality and your life and your karma. So uh, I started following a person who is in in India and teaches this kind of things. We could call it guru or whatever, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was also initiating doing this Kriya thing. So I started to connect with the community of people doing these things. I started embedding myself, embedding myself more with this culture. And I learned so much. I'm still learning. Then I became friends with Laksha, which is a lady who teaches yoga at the park. And she started teaching me Sanskrit because she was teaching Sanskrit. I'm fascinated by Sanskrit and the power of that language and what it really is. Uh, So, yeah, things started swifting and changing rapidly. Suddenly, I saw myself living in... There was this very beautiful, amazing concept in Jumeirah Called House of Om. Yes, and I saw images, and I'm like, is this place for real? Like somebody (laughs) sent me a link, and it was the opening was happening in ten days. Somebody sent me pictures. I'm looking at, I'm like, where is this in Bali? What is it? And then I look another picture, and I see background Jumeirah. I'm like, you're kidding me. This place is here. We need to go. So (laughs) it's like we got our friends together, Yogi George. I don't know if you know him. We all of us went there, and it was like. Mind-blowing. Such fresh air. It felt like, this is home. This is home. All the people there were like the biggest, you know, I wouldn't call it hippie, but like into awareness community I've seen. Like a huge gathering of this kind of people and music playing and drums and hugs. And it was just so refreshing to my soul. I couldn't explain. And I told the WISO, which is... Mm -hmm. I told Wiso, Wiso, this place is absolutely amazing.
1: So Wiso is the, the person who is living...
0: The, found, the founder The one who started Wiso, Wiso and Sarah C and mm-hmm. other friends from there. I told him, uh, I would really like to live here because at that time I was breaking up with my boyfriend. I was trying to find a new place to stay. He's like, move in. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah you can move in next week. I was like... That was a second moment of joy that I remember. I couldn't believe my life and everything. I was just like... Is this real life or what, you know? So then I said, of course, I'm moving in. I prepared my things. I packed everything up and I moved to House of Home. And that was another amazing, unbelievable chapter. Utterly grateful for that space. Utterly grateful for the experience, for the people, for what I was able to create and co-create there. For the people that I met, for everything. I was just dreaming. Dreaming. Mm. Is
1: that the word for that? So the time where you moved into House of Om, the time where you found like-minded people, where you felt like being arrived. You you arrived at a place where... The first time, actually, I went also to House of Om earlier this year, I felt like, similar to what you explained, a place like a little oasis in the desert, a place where you would not expect at all to be at that spot. And it's such a different world. It's literally you entering once you cross the, the main gate, <laughs> a different country, a different, it's, different, a different world.
0: Absolutely.
1: So how did you, when you say dreaming, is it how did you experience that time? How it, long did it, you stay? It in, was
0: amazing, uh, unbelievably beautiful. The place was beautiful. The people who, the place that the place attracted was beautiful. Everybody was familiar with these topics of meditation and community and uplifting and changing the world and being your better self and i was supporting the space with my full heart and my full energy alongside i was having my normal job i had a job in social media at that time which was very demanding also so i was coming back from work and at House of Home, it was work again, because it was like arranging, organizing people, letting them know where they that, mm-hmm. arranging the space, facilitating things. Like it was just even from fe- posting Facebook events, managing who's going to do events at the house. This house is just out of people's heart. The the whole intention and it is yet a place where everything is done just to share mm-hmm. there's no profit nothing it's just for the betterment of everybody so many events many things kept happening all the time so suddenly i found that i'm in the best place i could ever dream of but i don't have a time to sit down and breathe because there's always something happening there and it's very stimulating yes so i realized i i need i need a place where i can sit down and just be alone i realized that the times when I'm alone are really the times when I can go within than when mm-hmm. I'm relating so much. So I, I started to have the need to kind of disconnect and go into the silence, in the search of silence.
1: I think the the moment we reach silence is often a moment where we getting closer to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because the stimulation, as you said, the stimulation can be very stressful or can be overwhelmed overwhelming, and you completely disconnect with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was the time when you said you know, you, you wanted to find more place to finding inner peace? What did you do? What was the next step? Well, um, that time also okay. I
0: felt I was supporting House of Om yeah. with my heart. I still am. But I felt, what am I really offering apart from organizing the event and organizing the people and posting it on social media? and the whole managing of it like in terms of content what am i giving
1: creating content like like
0: workshops meditation i I knew i could facilitate meditations i could do stuff but i I didn't feel like i had the accreditation to do any of this because i didn't really have so i said i need to learn yoga okay and in my heart before, before, when I met my guru, that time, the guru that I was following, the person who was teaching yoga in his retreats told me, Sanjay Sir, which is the most amazing yoga teacher I have ever had, he's the one who told me, you should get into yoga. And I was like, in my head, I was like, why would I? I don't like to exercise. <laughs> like, you have
1: never done yoga before at that time? I've or done in Sri Lanka, bit. I did yeah. a little
0: bit. And, but really, the time I really got close to yoga was with Sanjay Sir. Uh, and he told me, you're a natural, you should do this, go for it. You, you can be." He said, if you want, you can be a number one. Like,
1: in I don't know life. what
0: he meant. He was okay. an Olympic medalist, but he was the most humble, most humble person I have met. He was coming from such a space of purity at all times, in all his interactions with every human being. He was the actual true master I have met in yoga. And he was the inspiration. He was the one who said, go for yoga. And so then when I was in House of Home, I said, it's time for me to go and do the yoga training. Why not? Yes. Even though my passion was meditating only. (laughs) Yes. So. And of course, I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with the social media job that I had and the uh, The
1: social media itself is kind of a digital, you know, living and not living in the present,
0: all the time and it was just Mm -hmm. draining me so much and I bless, and I am thankful for my job and all the people I knew in that space. Uh, But it was time to move on. So I quit my job. I left house of home, and I went to India with a one-way ticket. <laughs> the only thing I knew. I like
1: the story. I went to India with one-way ticket. Yes. That itself can be a whole podcast. I can't. <laughs> what do you do when you go to India? Buy one-way tickets.
0: It was just like that. I said I need to just. I need to break some kind of pattern. I okay. Need, I need to grow. Okay. I really need to grow. I need to. F- Find my In the search of silence. I actually went in the search of silence. And I, I had been to India two times before. This was not the first time I was going to India. Yes. For the third time I was going to India. So I really knew what I was going to find there. And I knew there's nothing like silence in India. You have honk and people and everything. Is just like it's just like the obviously. most stimulating place on earth. And I was like, oh, I have to go. So I went to Rishikesh to do my yoga teacher training, but that was at the end of the trip. Before that, I, I traveled on my own for the first time in India, which was also an utterly magical time of my life.
1: Because you, you just followed your own kind of instincts where you want to go, right? You didn't. You did Not
0: only it that, like? it, was just, it, was, it was not a physical trip. It was a very spiritual trip. Okay. Every step I was taking, I was going to train stations. I was taking, I don't know, trips at night. I was moving from one city to another on my own as a woman okay. yeah, in yeah, India. At every moment when I felt, oh my God, am I too crazy? Or what the heck am I doing? It was such a reaff- reaffirmation in my head whatever, if that word exists, I don't know reassurance in my head yeah, sure. that I'm blessed and that I'm being guided by God and that I am the question was always am I walking in fear or am I walking in faith and I knew I was walking in faith I knew I was just in constant communication with the highest the divinity
2: yeah.
0: the source so the trip was just even if I die I don't care That kind of energy, that kind of fearlessness. Wow. Like walking Varanasi streets at night or going with sages and, you know, I (laughs) I ended up teaching English to a guy in front of the place where they burned all the bodies in the middle of the night alone. And I was like, life is just so, so beautifully enriching and such a fun thing to do. And we're always doing the same thing. Why? So it was it was just com- like uh, constant uh, radio casting with the highest source. It's always been co- being connected. Actually, mm. what
1: do you say? Yeah, it's ha- very hard for me to relate to because I I've, I really I really like you know when you're telling me about these stories you know I I just being connected to that place in that moment something so rare we find nowadays mm. it's very rare but but tell me how how was the time how long how long did you stay if you you bought a one-way ticket to india yeah. how long did you stay in india then?
0: i ended up there for three months three months three months because actually my visa was for three months um
1: i can just listening right now from the previous stories the visa is usually the the reason why you leaving a place if the visa say. wouldn't
0: Force you to leave? Most
1: probably, I knew that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it was the visa. But actually, I could have come back and renewed and then, my visa. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the question is why I came back from India. Well, I had my boyfriend also, mm-hmm. my current boyfriend. He is Indian. He traveled with me in India for some time. The first stage of the trip was with him which was absolutely beautiful and priceless because I took him to places that I had been before in my first trip to, to India him. that he had he being Indian he didn't know wow so that was fun <laughs> we had a good time and yeah I thought yeah let's let's come back to dubai the fact that he was here was a big pull and also the fact that I thought one big big I wouldn't call it realization, but big insight was, I can be as blissful as I want here in the middle of nowhere, in Rishikesh, in the middle of the mountain, in silence. But what am I giving if I, I am in mean, that, retreating myself into that space? I felt Dubai needs me more than I need to be in the mountains. I can contribute, and I can make things better more if i am in the middle of the actual mess
2: yes, that if I'm i am crazy.
0: in the happy nothingness planting potatoes every yes, day like yes, yes. it really felt like i am escaping i need to go back if i am back there i would i will be able to change things better if than if i am just there so
1: because what you said before and you're bringing uh, what you're really excited about is bringing the community together mm. That's what you did with the UE meditation mm. uh, as well and seeing the mass here, as you said, like the mass always kind of not being aware of what is of being offered here in terms of meditation, etc. That lack of understanding, I think, is itself a challenge, and a task. Mm. And I see you as like, you know, not just bringing community together, but giving back. Yeah. In an environment where it's needed. Yeah. So much needed. Yeah. Um, so what, what what happened afterwards? Um, I know so, you as one of the of happiness center. Yes.
0: So, so as I, I came back from India, I was quite, I will say, honestly, I was clueless. I'm like, I all I knew is I will never again have a normal job. Before going to India, I g- gave away all my office clothes, all this stuff. I said, I'm going to go learn yoga, do something else, the world needs something else. I'm not going to go back to a normal 9 to 5 ever. That was a promise to myself. As I came back, a good friend of mine from the time that I was in the UAE Meditates and all, got in contact, got in touch with me and he said, hey Maria, how have you been? you know, I'm starting this center, it's called Mind, Body, Soul, Happiness Center, I have a space, I have a place, I'm working with Zarin Rush and a lot of people, like, cool people, why don't you come and take a look at it and see what we can do together? I got there and I'm like, oh my God, for the first time I was connecting the dots that I could actually have a job or work in something related to meditation and yoga and upliftment of society. And bringing joy and happiness and bliss and all that could actually be a job, and I was like, it was such a yes in my head. I knew there were many things that needed to change from the concept and everything, but I felt we need we can make this happen. So he said, okay, let's make it happen. So I started taking taking it on board, like becoming part of it. And in and conversations with Rajiv, he said, okay, we are co-founders. We are making this happen together. We so it became it became like my baby, my actual project in Dubai to bring happiness to the corporate arena.
1: So uh, mind, body, soul, the happiness center, what is it exactly? So you mentioned about the corporates. Well, it, it
0: kept oh, shifting from the time we started, we were very excited about the fact that we had a space and a place where we could facilitate and make things happen there. So we opened it to public. We kept it as a place where anybody and everybody could do stuff that make them happy, like capoeira, like dancing, like creativity, like yoga. But then also we felt if somebody wants to come just for yoga, there won't be regular yoga classes because we didn't want it to be just a yoga center. And if somebody wants to have for dance, it's also not regular dancing classes. It's just kind of everything and anything. And at that time, we also realized that what was working very well was the the retreats and the workshops that we were doing with corporates and then we said okay let's make it 100% because Rajiv's idea originally was make it uh, for it to be to, for mind body soul a happiness center to bring happiness to the corporate arena but i was like let's make it for, for the general public also so in our discussions we ended up agreeing let's make it let's focus on corporates so that's what ended up happening. We, we did amazing programs with the prime minister officer, we worked with DIVA, we worked with different uh, universities, with schools. So it's been a journey. It's been a really, really journey, a big journey of expanding, exploring, learning, sharing learning mm-hmm. sharing
1: exploring so mm-hmm. this is actually a summary as well uh, when you say the mind body soul is uh, the happiness center is your little baby you mm-hmm. know something which still need to grow yes. and you know don't know the character yeah. what, it, what it's going to end it's kind of a it's kind of a you know, i would not say life project but it's kind of a project which takes much more time and takes and a lot long, of time long, a lot of time so what, how would you s- because we're talking about the time till now Mm-hmm. What you're currently doing as well. So, how would you describe the last one or two years, since you started this, merging,
0: you're merging my passion with work. Something passion like with that. work,
1: finding because you or were make, very excited. Making about my
0: passion, or like making my passion work, or something where my passion becomes my work.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about you were so excited. You didn't know that before that you passion be lead into like a job or like you know earning surviving end of the day we have to earn like uh, sadly enough you know uh,
0: and not only that uh, but make like being able to put together this concept which is so new and so innovative which for me that's creativity and innovation is one big topic in my life also i don't just i don't like to do the things the way they are already i like do new things in different ways that's the way we grow. If we keep repeating things as they are, we will be like business as usual. Correct. Everything the same. But no. I w- and so the fact that this is a new concept that is bringing happiness, which is such a big word nowadays here in Dubai, we have a minister of happiness and everything. It, it just made so much sense.
1: I think I could have <coughs> talked to you Another couple of hours for each chapter, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, it was planned for like 60 minutes, 90 minutes. So we went already over. Oh, so uh, um, 1.40, 1.45. Wow. So I think each chapter can be you know, turned into a proper podcast, I mean, going over the details. Mm-hmm. But what I was, you know, when I just recap now the, the chapters... Um, you know, there were a lot of words of freedom, exploration, change, questioning, why, you know, um, switching locations. And I pick your book from the library in the audio section or in the spirituality section. What would I see on the cover? What, what would I see on the cover? And mm. I see all these words or is there, is there is, will it be a picture? Of you? Will Probably some abstract design?
0: picture. <coughs> it would probably be an abstract pic- picture where uh, it will be a merging of the east and the west.
1: Interesting.
0: Okay. So maybe some Buenos Aires background mixed with India background, or my face, m- me, not my picture, but some recent painting of. Me in the middle of this merging of cultures, because that's, I always say, sorry, (coughs) I always say my aim is to be a bridge, to bridge cultures, to bridge people. So the fact that I so swiftly move between Middle East and Eastern and, sorry, Middle East and Southeast Asia and Argentina and all these places is just for people to realize we're all the same. We're all in the quest of the same things, and life... Sorry. <coughs> <coughs> I'm out.
1: <laughs> you want some water? Uh, Should I get you some yeah, water? would be nice. Thank you. I'm just going to grab some water. <coughs> in the meantime, you can continue. So tell me... So when you say about the bridge... Um, I love the concept of being a
0: bridge. I really love the concept of being a bridge, being able to... to Bring things together. It's basically because of the integration. Things that can appear separate are actually together and united.
1: <coughs> <coughs> so there you go. You got your water. I don't want you to in the very end of the podcast just to, to die. die. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to be a heavy end then. <laughs> So the, I, I like the con, you know I like the when <clears throat> I just see the picture of like bridging the cultures.
0: I love west. I love to see myself as a as an element that can integrate people, bring them together, find the similarities with each other, realize that we are the same. No matter if you're from Iran or from Argentina or from Taiwan, the people are naturally intrinsically good. <clears throat> We all want to help, we all want to grow, we all want to be happy, we all want to find our balance. It's so sad that people from different parts of the world have ideas of each other and think they're like wars or different or like it doesn't make sense so that's also why I love Dubai because Dubai is such a melting pot. we have people from all over the world living peacefully, coexisting peacefully it's it's a really it's a beacon of light. I can see, I can see now why I am in Dubai. It's really like such a beautiful journey to be able to integrate. And I think it. you
1: only see that when you explore <laughs> the city, as you, you know, in the, in the first few months you were, were completely like disengaged. You didn't felt comfortable. And, and, and probably I, I was
0: not focusing because ultimately reality is wherever we put our focus. So it can be anything. But if I put the focus on, oh well, this is superficial, I won't see the fact that it's that is uh, tolerant, for example, because I was thinking, oh, superficial. (laughs) So (laughs) when we focus on the beauty, the beauty comes.
1: Yeah. And that leads me to the very last questions, you know, uh, to follow. Um, In each book, there's a copyright section. Mm -hmm. You should copy certain things. Are there certain (coughs) things which you say to people, don't copy me on this? Or actually copy me on everything? What do you want Mm -hmm. Do you, are you have certain parts I, in life where you <laughs> say,
0: oh, don't do this, you like, you know. Things that I would recommend people not to do? Yes. <clears throat> um, no, oh. nothing. Go for it. Try everything.
1: So the copyright section says actually, be open, explore. Yeah. And Go see for if it's it. your own eyes. Go for it. Go
0: for it. And don't believe what people say. This is... I'm really thankful when I say I'm being born an atheist and that's one of the biggest blessings. is because I was able to choose my belief. Nobody told me <clears throat> this is how it is. I went and I explored it myself. I just looked. I explored different ways of thinking and different things. And that allowed me to really embrace everything. With purity.
1: Yeah, I think this is <coughs> a lesson where so many young people need to learn as well. And they're starting to explore. Wow! Almost two hours. Yes, Thank sorry, you so <laughs> I much. was We went way over. we went over, but uh, I think this always happens. You know, when it. we go into the um, in all the life chapters. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much you for you your so time. Much.
1: We m- might need to follow up with certain chapters into <laughs> a separate podcast because
0: <laughs> I just feel like I just touched <laughs> the surface of some of the chapters. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for this time of self-reflection. Thank you because I know whatever has, was whatever happened was meant to happen and it's really helping me integrate a lot of my life. Thank you for the time and the opportunity and I wish you a lot of blessings and good luck with this project of going through chapters of people's lives. (laughs) Thank (laughs) Thank you you so so much. much.
1: So this was Patsy. So you can find more about her on LinkedIn. You find the link in the show notes or on Instagram. Please leave some comments. What else do you want to hear? Do you want to hear other entrepreneurs, athletes, innovators, idealists? It's actually really interesting to form actually transform past life into chapters and to give it a title, you know, how often do we actually think about this? What could be the book title look like? Or what would be the title of the book? Where can I find the book? How many chapters? It's not that easy, isn't it? So when I wrote down months ago my life, past life story, it was really difficult actually. But I realized everything is connected and this is comes down to the point connecting the dots every life chapter is there for a reason and leads to another one and this is all about what life is all about i hope you enjoyed this podcast i hope to see you soon never give up always look up